All three Beards Media podcasts originate from the Gravitate Coworking Studio, sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. up everyone we're back two weeks in a row Woo! trying to trying to get back on our normal two-week rotation so two weeks in a row with you here and then we'll be back on the every other week um again coming to you live from the gravitate co-working studio sponsored by revelton distillery guys how we doing great doing good saw you less than 24 hours ago Unfortunately, sure did. You know what's going to happen? What I was just thinking, as you said, you know, getting us back on a regular schedule, we'll end up with a tournament game next Wednesday or something like that, or in two weeks on that Wednesday. I bet. Yep. Uh, You're probably right. So, actually, I I won't. You guys might. I won't. I have parent-teacher conferences that night. Oh. Yeah. The good thing is. Jim's availability opens up in February because his birthday month is over. Well, but it's still today. Well, it's still today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm, surprised I'm surprised you're with us, Jim. Well, but I'm glad you got to make, got to make sacrifices. Happy yeah, end of birth know. month, Jim. Thanks. Appreciate it. Welcome you to 70. It, <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Any, uh, any Christmases in February you want to tell us about? <laughs> I think we're done. I think we're done. Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was done January 2nd, but it's neither here nor there. Well, there's a lot more people that like me than like you, Sam. I can't help it. Well, you could be right. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. If they've met you, Jim, I'm not sure that's true. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Depends on if they've met officiating gym or ex-coaching gym. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, true. Or actual coaching gym. Ben really loved me when I was a coach and he was refereeing my games. Um, I don't think so. No? Okay. No, that's not how I remember it anyway. Well, that's, that's too bad. <laughs> So last week we talked uh, talked about the last month going through Christmas and getting back into games, and then the blizzards had some snow outs or um, some dates that got pushed back. Um, I think we were able to fill all those but one, weren't we? Pretty much. Yeah. Yes, I believe that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fools rules. Jim had. Travel slash sliding. That's a good one. Yeah, we just chatted again. 
at South Tama, we had it twice in the boys' game. And it's hard to believe, but crazy enough, the crowd went crazy on both of them that wanted to uh, travel. And we even had some coaches that were wanting it too. But uh, explained it to both coaches and happened to be a timeout uh, and talked to the crowd about it. And they uh, they understand the rule better now. You talked to the crowd about it? Did you get on the PA system? No, no. no I just, just happened to be a timeout, and I'm right there where the kid slid. I'm going to get the ball taken out of, bands, out of bounds, and they asked me very politely a question about that rule. And I just talked to them about it, and they were like, oh, that's good to know. So, yeah. Your attention, please. <laughs> Thank you. I think he should be able to hand out cards at the game that say, you know, listen to three blind refs yeah. um, or podcasts, and you can learn a lot of rules, you know, that you obviously don't know. Exactly. I think that would be perfect. <clears throat> We're fun and educational. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, good stuff. We also discussed funny things that have happened, you know, tossing fans, um, things we've seen in, in ref rooms. Um, yeah. Any, any more to elaborate on those things you talked about? Oh, I haven't heard from the, um, the EPA on that can of spray. Um, so I think we're okay. Probably. That's probably because they have no idea it's out there. <laughs> what's their, what's their timeline to get back? What's their timeline to get back to you, Ben? Because I I got this weird growth growing on the back of my neck, and I'm pretty sure it's from that. I think it was probably banned in 1972. That's fine. If you, if you add another hand or something, that's that's cool, man. I mean, I just go with it. <laughs> oh my! The stuff we see. Yep. Well, hey, I think we should give a shout out to. The Melcher Dallas girls basketball team. Awesome. Jim, tell us about that. Uh, girls basketball team had coach Kelsey Goff and our assistant coaches, uh, Larry Willoughby and Adam Wadley. And the girls uh, played in. We have a conference tournament uh, towards the end of the season, which was last week. Uh, they made it all the way to the championship on Saturday and won the championship. And we believe, uh, looking back at records, that's the first time that we've won the girls basketball championship uh, in the, the conference tournament championship since 1998. So wow. there's a picture of them. Great. Good shout out to them. Great job. We're very proud of them. And, and uh, we just found out today we get to host two regions, the first two regional games at, at our home away from home, Southeast Warren. Very nice. Cool. Yeah. Nice. What a, what a great season so far. Yeah. Wish them success, success going forward. That's great. Thank you. Appreciate it. And then next year they'll get to do that in their brand new gym. We should have, <clears throat> we should have shown some pictures of that gym. How that? Well, how I didn't even think about down. it. I'll, uh, I'll get. So, there'll be some better pictures uh, next week or in two weeks when we have our podcast. I'll get some pictures and bring it in because yeah, the floor is almost or actually was supposed to be done today. So uh, you know, as far as the wood being down on the floor, no lines painted, no finishing or anything like that. But uh, and yeah, we I did. Uh, kind of begged and pleaded for the athletic directors to move us up from, I think we were supposed to host in maybe 2028 20, or 29. And I said, you know, our kids have been without a gym for three and a half years. 
any possibility we could move up to next year, kind of show off the new gym and let our kids play in, in uh, the conference tournament in our own gym. And, and they were all, all the athletic directors were really supportive of it. Um, so yeah, next year, 2025, Bluegrass Conference champion, semifinals and championship in, in Melcher Dallas's new gym. Cool. Nice. That'd be great. Very cool. Also, who's going to open that gym for officials? Well, in, in basketball, I mean, we'll, we'll have some volleyball in there, but in basketball, the three blind refs are going to open up Let's the gym. <laughs> We're going to have a scrimmage early on the season that we normally pass two or maybe three years now. We went to East Union. Uh, East Union is going to come our way, and we are going to have the boys and girls uh, opening scrimmage in the gym, and we are going to officiate that. Nice. I'm looking nice. forward to that. Awesome. Yes. It'll be good times. For sure. <clears throat> hey, also some news. Shout out to the Earlham Echo newspaper for uh, the article about this podcast, Three Blind Refs. Officially on the air. How awesome is that? That, that was awesome. That was a great article. I, I hope I can... Yeah. I'd like to find out if I can get a newspaper because I'd like to have that somewhere. That's cool. Yeah, I'll try, absolutely. I'll, I'll try to pick some up, and uh, yeah, I probably should post that online too because it was it was really well written and very well uh, written. Todd Weber, Todd Weber's the uh, owner of the paper and the editor, and I think he does everything. And he's a great writer and uh, really had a great write up that you know talked about us. And uh, it was good stuff. It was neat to see. Yeah, very cool. It really was. Yeah. Jim Jim's claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Sam. Let's uh let's recap the week. Short week. Yep. Um well the twenty-sixth, I believe that was uh Last Friday after our podcast, Sam, you and I ran up to um, Carroll, just right down the road to Carroll. Yeah, short trip. <laughs> and worked uh, with friend of the podcast, Casey Pelzer. Um, you know, that was – it was Carroll and Ballard, and honestly, it was two competitive games. Both kind of came down to the last few minutes, and uh, yeah. it was a lot of fun. You know, good basketball, so it was, it was fun to be there and – um, you know, we didn't get any popcorn again. However, um, I found out this on the way home afterwards that, uh, another friend of the podcast, Dan Clayton, shout out to Dan. Yep. <clears throat> His, uh, stepson is on the team for Carol. And so he's doing some stuff with the booster club and he recommended to the booster club that they take care of officials. So we had like a pile of hot dogs and like, at halftime, there were uh, baskets of warm cookies, warm chocolate Ooh, chip so cookies good. for us. It was so good. Mm, good stuff. And Ben, so. when, when you said there's a pile of hot dogs, there are three of us. I bet there were 12 hot dogs piled up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Which is awesome. Eat all you want. Yep. And Jim, right, where, just wanna, where were you? Well, I just want to tell you, Aunt Marilyn, these guys wouldn't let me go with them to Carol. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, before we go any further, has, <laughs> yeah. has, has Aunt Marilyn responded to us um, 
including her in last week's podcast. I haven't seen anything. I'll have to. I really didn't look in depth, but I'll have to look and see. She didn't say anything to me, or I didn't. I didn't get any notifications on my Facebook or anything. So I'll have she's to take probably, another look. But. She's probably angry at us for the first time that we didn't ride together. So she's probably not listening anymore. I, that's probably that's probably true. That's probably true. But uh, yeah, I went to uh, South Tama that night because. Um, not that these guys didn't invite me because they would have, but Carol for me is two and a half hours. And uh, it's hard for me to get out of school that early and so forth. But I went to South Tama instead and refereed with a couple young kids from the Iowa City area. They did a great job. Uh, girls game was, uh, uh, wasn't the best game in the world, but got through it and everything went well. Boys game. Uh, was was a fairly well-played game. We didn't have too many problems at all. The two sliding things that we had, but everybody understood afterwards why it was not. And, uh, both coaches uh, were great in that game. Uh, the crowd was very good in that game. So uh, it was it was kind of, it was fun to do to work with a couple different uh, kids, especially young kids that uh, you know are really working at it, doing a good job. Good, good to hear. Um, what'd you do that Saturday, Jim? Cause the next day you had games too, didn't you? Yeah, we, uh, so actually I just, we, Lisa went along with me on Friday night. We stayed up in, uh, Tama area and then just, uh, drove down to Montezuma for a three o'clock game, three o'clock girls game, Montezuma versus English valleys. Uh, Montezuma is very good girls team. Uh, again, uh, coaches were great. Fans were great. We worked with Josh Baxter um and pat hoberg and they are uh good officials to work with uh experienced had a lot of fun it was an easy game to work got in got out went home so it was a it was a fun weekend working with four other different people and they, they all did a good job it was fun to work with them nice um i also worked saturday um the ciml had kind of a challenge with the uh, Mississippi Valley Conference. And I think they'd done that earlier in the season also over on the east side of the state. So they were doing it on this side of the state this time. And I think like um, um, Valley played Kennedy and the game I had was uh, Johnston and Liberty, uh, Iowa City Liberty. And I got to be honest, we played that was played at Northwest, which I love that facility and that floor. Um, but it might have been the smoothest game I've had all season. And maybe maybe in the last couple seasons, I think we had 16 fouls in the entire game. Wow. And I bet you six or seven of those were in the last, you know, five, six minutes when it got kind of competitive. It got close again for a while and uh, just really well played. The basketball was smooth. The coaches, fans, everybody was great. So I had a lot of fun doing that. So awesome. Yeah. Cool. And then uh, last night, we were at Earlham. Sam? E-Town and Down. Talk about the Earlham game? The Earlham game, yeah. Um, girls game, very competitive. <laughs> uh, what did it end up being, a three-point game? I think so. Three, maybe yeah. four? Yeah. No, it was three, no. yes. Yeah, did they it, had a shot it? to tie it at the end yeah. of point five, right? Yeah, yep. right, yep. right. Yeah, very, very competitive game. Came down to, you know, the last possession. Um, and then the boys game. I'll tell you what, in the boys game, I was thinking back and I was watching it back today. The amount of just 
bunnies layups that were it's crazy. They weren't bad. They weren't bad shots. I mean, I honestly thought a lot of them were going in, but yeah. I mean, I bet between the two teams, I bet there was easily twenty points left. You know. Oh yeah. That, that they left out there. Yeah, um, agreed. For sure. But same thing. You know, the boys' game was uh, very competitive. Came down to the wire, and uh, fun night of basketball. Crowds were were pretty good. Coaches were good. So, yep, pretty easy, enjoyable night there. Yeah, definitely. Sam, your parents were there to watch. That was nice to see. Then, yeah, mom and dad came to support their baby boy. Shout out to Gary and Nancy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my favorite Thanks, anchors. Mom and dad. Hey, mm-hmm. without a uh, doubt. Yeah. Wow. Like I said, if Gary's ever up, which he's up there most of the time, because I think he pretty much runs the show at the brewery. Um, it's like, you know, you walk in, it's like Norm's at the bar. Everybody comes in. Hey, Gary. So, you know, that, that guy's known everywhere. I think I should probably rename the brewery to Gary's place. You probably probably should. Probably There's should. something to that. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. He knows everyone's name, so. Um, we did have popcorn last night in our Oh, yes, we yes. did. And it was good. And, yeah. Best we've had so far. Best ratings. <clears throat> this isn't just because I'm from Earlham and graduated from Earlham. It no, was legit. I, I, I rated last, actually, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I actually went 8.8. Um, I think it had been sitting there. Over a half, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And it was still good. It had like some butter pockets in there. Like you'd get kind of another kernel and it just, it, man, the flavor butter was good. popped when you needed it to. It did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam, you were 8.5 and Jim 8.7. So that, that easily leads the list for the year. Mm-hmm. And definitely. You know, we talked about we really need to revisit Pella because I feel like we did them dirty on that. But yeah, we did them a disservice. We were we were young we and dumb know. and new to the podcast situation. Yeah, so we didn't we didn't know. Yeah, no, we didn't so, know. Yeah, sorry, Pella. <laughs> yes, we're sorry. Anything else on that? Uh, no, I don't think so, Jimmy. Anything about else about last night? No. Um... Great night, fun night. You're really not going to talk about me having an inadvertent whistle. Okay, so I didn't know we were going there, but I will. Okay. So we're uh, at the end of the third quarter, I believe. And uh, so we're on we're on I-35's end. I am the lead. Ben is in the C. Sam's in the trail. Shot goes up. Rebound. Kicks out to a three-point shooter. She's shooting the ball as it's in the air or as it's leaving her hands. We have a whistle. And I'm like, what's going on? I look over at Ben, and Ben is doing this. Um, and I'm looking at the shot clock, and I'm going, there's only 21.1 seconds left in the quarter. What's he worried about the shot clock being restarted? Uh, so we had a little inadvertent whistle. Not only did the girl shoot the three-pointer, she made it. It was good. <laughs> good. So we had to take away the basket, 
give I-35 the ball back. They did get two points out of that. So, you know, at least they got two of the three back. But, you know, here, here's the deal that people don't understand. You know, it, it's, it, it was, you know, good, competitive, close game. And sometimes, you know, your mind is going, okay, I see that shot go up and I'm looking at the shot clock and it's not resetting. Oh, but the time is below the shot clock. But it happens. I mean, you know, we all make mistakes and uh, we live with it and we go on and it's the way it goes. I, mean, I, I got you know, two things. I, I got a couple things like A1. I owned it right away. I talked absolutely. to Coach, Coach Douglas. And I was like, I'm sorry, that's my bad. And we had just talked about inadvertent whistles last weekend or last podcast. So, like, that's on me. Um, I will say when we have shot clocks with the clock above it on the back on the backboard, I really like that. Because I don't know, we didn't even really talk about this, but I feel like the sight lines at that gym aren't great. They're not good. To the scoreboards, you know what I mean? So you can see the yeah. shot clock, obviously, because it's on the backboard. But the, the actual clock, if you're opposite, you can't see through the stanchion or the basket to, to yeah. see that. So I'm not making excuses, but I'm just saying I, I don't love the sight lines there on, on how that's set up. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> I like the, uh, the shot clocks that do have the actual game clock above just right above it because it's, uh, you know, you just, it's, it's easy. It's really easy to tell then. And uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it, it happens to all of us. Yep. So, you yep. know, that's, uh, again, you own it, you move on and you go from yep. there. So yep. yeah, it is what it is. Yep. yep. Anything else about last night? Anybody wants to mention? Did Anything? we have another mistake? Yeah, we did. It was what, mine. What was it, Sam? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I had <clears throat> would have been a foul at the. So it was a foul against an I thirty five player. Fifth foul <clears throat> of that quarter. Fifth foul of that quarter. Um, I go to report it, and there was some. At first, I thought we were going out of bounds, and then realized that oh, it's two shots. I went to the report, went to report the foul, came back, and I lost the shooter. So the person who got fouled, um, kid goes to the line, and <clears throat> Ben, you came to me and you said, "Is that your shooter?" And I knew that wasn't the shooter. However, I had zero knowledge of who was the shooter. So at that point, I thought, since I don't have knowledge, then we go with who yep. came to the line. So, um, I, but watched it, watched it back today. The kid who was a shooter was around the play. wasn't the kid who got fouled. Not making a, an excuse, um, but I messed up. It is what it is. Like Jim said, you move on. I don't. I don't. Like the blame's not solely on you either on that type of play because you have the responsibility with the foul. Jim and I really need to make sure that we have who's doing what. And we did have a lot of time that we were trying to figure out, are we shooting? Are we not? So I was waiting down at the other end. The table wasn't helping you really at all. So like it happened and, and I feel terrible about it because, um, 
we should have helped you out. But I, yeah. I had a feeling when we got to that point, I was like, I don't think this is him, but I didn't have yeah. knowledge either. So I didn't, I didn't think so either, but yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Well, learn from it. So and move on. Move yeah, on. So I, I guess the moral of the story is like, we make, we make mistakes. We try not to, <clears throat> and we've already kind of reviewed those and looked at them and made sure that we're, you know, learning and trying not to make those, those mistakes again. So, yeah, I was yep. thinking back again today about it as I was watching it and I'm thinking, man, how nice would it be? Of course it won't come to this, but <clears throat> say you're doing a college game. Oh, who was your shooter? Oh, let's go to the monitor and check. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Of course absolutely. I go back the next day. I even, I watched it last night when I got home, you know, so you yep. go back and watch it, but yeah. So. <clears throat> All yep. right. Moving Any, on. Anything else? I think we're good on that game. Okay, we're good on that game. Uh, Jim, you know what time it is? Yes, I do. Here we go. It is. They fooled me, Jerry. Just love that introduction. A kiss. Um, so, we've talked about quite a few fool's rules. This is one that actually I had uh, another official... I believe it was Adam Westwald. He actually texted me one night after a game and said, Hey, could you talk about this on your podcast? So came up, we're looking for something today. So it is reaching in. We hear this all the time from coaches, fans, players, even they're reaching. Okay, good. That's a reach. Yes, that's a reach. Um, I, I, I remember back when I was coaching that some officials would on the on the captain's uh, meeting would take a long time talking about many things. And one of them I remember at one time, well, this happened more than once, but was, okay, make sure you play defense with your feet, not your hands, don't reach in, and da-da-da. I'm like, now, wait a second. You're telling me that I, if I can't play with my hands, I can't deflect the pass, I can't take a dribble away, you know, that, that, that to me is, you know, I don't know why you would say that in a pregame meeting, but it happens. Um, but yes, girls, boys, basketball, you can reach in for the basketball. You can't make contact, but you can reach in and grab the ball. And, you know, some people, I think when they're up in the seventh, eighth row and they see that happening and they think they've got the best view of it, and we're down there right in the action, and we can see that they're touching the ball or maybe touching nothing but air as they're trying to go for the ball. So, yes, they are reaching. And sometimes I've even just, you know, kind of smiled and nodded my head like, yep, they are reaching because they are, and it's not a foul. Okay? Mm -hmm. So we have to make contact. And that so, and it, you know, and we want to make sure it's a legal contact. Sometimes we have a little bit of a touch um, when that happens girl doesn't lose the ball at all doesn't even lose control of the dribble she's got she continues we, we move on those those are kind of game interrupters if we're going to call every little touch so yeah um no such thing as reaching in if we have contact then we have a hit and then we're moving on so sometimes yeah. too i think we have a push where the player tries to 
go for a basketball that's being dribbled on the opposite side of where they're at. So if they're on the left side, they try to go for that ball on the right side or try to pick it and they hit him in the shoulder or through the body. And that's where I would have a push on that play too. Yeah. But <clears throat> never, never a reach in. So, right. Um, yeah. Advantage, disadvantage. Yep. For sure. Yeah. So. Good fool's rules, Jim. Yeah, not a whole lot to talk about that one. Just, just that it's just the terminology that people use that it's, it's incorrect. You know, they're reaching in. Yep, or that's a reach. Yep, yeah. sure is. Okay, <laughs> when it when it becomes a foul, then we're going to call it whatever, whatever foul is appropriate for that—a push or a hit. We're going to call it. So yeah. Yep. We're not going to call it a reaching foul. No, we're not going to go over to there and say she's reaching in or he's reaching in. You know, <laughs> no such thing. That's a reach. So, oh, so, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that was uncalled for. Um, on PG that note, I, I think it's halftime. Yes. Oh, wait. Also, we need to get a horn for halftime, do we not? Yes. Oh, well, yes. Yeah. Um, our guest is here, and uh, I'm excited to talk to her. So we're going to go to halftime quick, and then we will be right back. Awesome. Why take the best corn in the world and make it into fuel when you could make it into whiskey? That's the question that launched Revelton, Iowa's most visible and fastest-growing distillery. Owners Rob and Christy Taylor embrace the grain-to-glass philosophy sourcing ingredients locally, and overseeing on-premises production and bottling at their facility in Osceola. One sip, and you'll agree that Revelton's handcrafted whiskeys, gins, and vodkas are the best you've ever tasted. And with the launch of their rye whiskey, made with 100% Iowa-grown rye and corn, and their new bourbon coming soon, there's more Revelton to love than ever. Iowa's own Revelton Distillery. RevelTonDistillery.com The great thing about working from home is working from home. The worst thing is working from home, especially for face-to-face -face collaborations with customers and coworkers. And let's face it, coffee shop meetings are neither private nor professional. So skip the trip to Starbs and investigate Gravitate Coworking Space. For more than 10 years, Gravitate has provided large and small office and conference spaces, perfect for hosting meetings, workshops, or other events, as well as private phone booths for confidential conversations. Plus, all spaces include secure fiber internet, free coffee, and access to a kitchenette. All you need is your laptop. Gravitate does the rest. And renting space at Gravitate is surprisingly affordable. An hour of office space costs about the same as venti caramel macchiatos and breakfast sandwiches for two. Daily and monthly rates are also available with no long-term commitment. Learn more at GravitateCoworking.com. That's GravitateCoworking.com. All right, are we ready? Ready. Sam, I'm going to let you uh, introduce Gene. Okay. Oh, hold on. There we go. Gene, how are you? Good evening. Happy Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at State oh, Wrestling. It's, is it Wednesday? Yes. <laughs> Still Wednesday. Was, yeah. Hmm. I was so confused what day it was. I know. 
Gene, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, for those of you who don't know, Gene is the executive director at the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union. Um, again, Gene, thanks a lot for being on. It means a lot to us. And we're excited to, you know, kind of ask you some questions, get your insight, and uh, have you tell some stories. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe, Gene, that you have pink on. I, oh, I can't I, believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the real question is, why don't you, Jim? Uh, it, it was it was dirty. Oh, I yeah. actually was going to have my I have a I have a Monday Minute T-shirt, yes. and it, it, it's I wore it earlier this week. So, wait, how did you get a Monday Minute T-shirt? Because they had a contest, to you had to um, reply on Facebook, you know, with a comment and whatever. Uh. Then they drew names and. So you got to do something for it. You just can't sit around and wait for someone to give it to you. All right. Well, you did have your pullover on, I think. Yes. Did last night. Didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have an excuse. I <laughs> totally don't have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, Gene, wanted to start off by having you tell us, you know, describe your background and the path that you took uh, to eventually become the executive director at the union. Well, you know, when I um, went off to college, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Oh, wow. Oh. And I even took the LSAT, uh, got into the University of Iowa Law School, but didn't go to law school. I um, graduated with a degree uh, in uh, uh journalism. And so so what I did at Iowa was I combined the two things I was good at, which was sports and writing. And I got actually got my start in sports journalism as a sports information director. So I worked uh, for the University of Iowa Athletic Department in sports information as a graduate assistant. Um, and so let me give you the time frame. Uh, that was when they typed on a typewriter <laughs> Say something about it, Sam. Yeah, Sam, do you know what a typewriter is? <laughs> I do. I'm not saying that to Gene. That's mean. <laughs> well, you say it to me all the time. Well, that's you, Jim. <laughs> In the early days, you didn't even have the one that corrected itself. You just went on. But I typed play-by-play play play at Iowa men's basketball. Now, that was Lute Olson. Um, oh, wow. Kevin Boyle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was at the game with Jim Bain. You know, every official yeah. knows the Jim Bain story. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So I got my start in sports info. Uh, then uh, got my master's. I uh, and then I went into college athletics as sports information. And I ended up at Drake uh, working with Lisa Bluter. She was the Drake women's basketball coach then, uh, and um, eventually just worked my way up into administration. Uh, so my start was really um, through my writing skills, if you if you want to know the truth. Uh, and it was what I was good at. So that's how I picked my major. There's a lot of worse ways to pick a major than by what you're good at, I know. But uh, <laughs> those days, <laughs> that's what I did. Yeah. Very that's cool. awesome. Yeah. So so, so when the ahead, when the, when the when the job came open at the girls union, was it something you had thought about in the b before, like it was in the back of your head, or 
or was it just like, oh, wow, this opportunity would be great? Yeah. Um, you know, actually, no. At the time, the girls union came, job came open and um, I started in July of 16. So this was probably late 2015. I was at UNI. Mm -hmm. uh, Troy Dannon was the director of athletics at UNI. Now, just for you historians, Troy was the executive director of the girls union after Dr. Cooley. And after Troy was Mike Dick. And Mike Dick is from Winterset, as I am. Yep. So, yeah, uh, Gene. <laughs> um, Troy uh, was at the time leaving you and I to go to Tulane, uh, to be the AD at Tulane. And so I thought that I was either going to be the AD, try to be the AD at you and I, or I was also interviewing for other um, AD jobs. And then um, Troy told me that the girls' union job was going to come open. And I thought, well, I'll just see. I'll just see. I'll throw my hat in. And so, um, yeah, uh, March of 2016, I interviewed and got it. And I started in July. So it really wasn't on the radar. Uh, but, you know, I think it just came at a time. You know, they say timing's everything. So it, it just came at a really good time for me. I was I was going to make a change probably in my job anyway. Um, I was kind of tired of how cold it was in Cedar Falls. <laughs> and and Cedar Falls is colder than Des Moines. Don't let anybody kill it. Kid, it's colder in Cedar Falls. So, uh, yeah, it just came at a great time and, and, it, and it worked out. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Good. Um, so what was... What was your biggest mission when you became executive director? I mean, is there anything that you really wanted to implement or? Um, you know, I knew that I was really, really proud of being an Iowa girl. I knew that it meant by then I was smart enough to know that everything I learned through sports had sent me on a trajectory to success, you know, uh, but I, I sense that uh, the Iowa girl needed some help in believing in herself. She needed some help in uh, promotion and marketing and branding. I mean, if you were an Iowa girl and you played in the state basketball tournament, you, it was, it's, it, you thought there was nothing better. But uh, we kind of lost a little bit of steam, I thought. And I went back to something that Dr. Cooley had said uh, many, many years ago. And he said he wanted the Iowa girl to walk down the street and hold her head as high as the Iowa boy. Um, and so uh, that's really what I wanted. I wanted the Iowa girl and the girls who were playing sports to understand. Um, first, I wanted them to know that they were recognized and they were seen and that what they were doing was important and appreciated. Uh, and then uh, I wanted to uh, reward that experience at our championship by making that, making the experience they have as an Iowa girl, something that they would remember the rest of their lives. Awesome. Yeah. That kind yeah, of, that's good. that, that uh, you pretty Very much good. answered another question because, uh, yep. you know, we, one that I wanted on there was what does the phrase Iowa girl mean to you? And I, I think you kind of explained it right there. And, uh, um, I, you know, yeah. I think it's a big deal for, for, you know, I, I, I had three daughters of my own. I've coached a majority of girls sports 
uh, since I've been coaching. And, you know, it's uh, it's pretty neat thing to talk about the Iowa girl. It's so it's it's important for for any student, but for girls, um, you know, they need confidence. Um, they need to believe in themselves. They need to learn to accept criticism. They need to understand that just because someone yells at them uh, doesn't mean uh, it's a reflection on them. There's so many skills they learn through sport. Uh, and once they learn those, they come out of they come out of that experience better, more confident, more sure of themselves with a better self-awareness. Uh, and for nothing else, if girls participating in sport understand that, uh, then we've done a really good job in defining um, what an Iowa girl means. Awesome. Very cool. You know, we, we, we talk a lot, Gene, about the girls' state tournaments, and, and that can be various sports, obviously. Um, we have probably the most experience with basketball and, and, you know, have been pretty fortunate that softball too. Yeah. And every single one of them is put on as just top notch. And I think every official would tell you like um, it's a big deal to get selected and be there. And it's, it, it feels like pageantry really. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. So but thank mm -hmm. you for that. Yeah. Well, you know, in addition to the girls experience, um, you know, I um, I hate to tell, I'm, I'm, I will confess that years ago, I was one of those people that yelled at officials. <laughs> we all were. <laughs> we, we've done, I never did. <laughs> I, I can, yeah, right. I can remember sitting next to the husband of one of the basketball coaches that I worked with, I won't name names, and he yelled at at a Division One women's basketball official, where'd you get that shirt, Lady Footlocker? Oh. Um, oh. And I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> then, but uh, then, you know, then I was on the women's basketball committee and working the Final Fours and stuff, and I got to know the officials, uh, and it really just turned me around. And you know what I've what I've come to understand and know is that. Um, you know, officials are part of our game, just like a coach and an athlete. And so when we want the athlete to have a great experience at a state tournament, we want our officials to have that same experience. And, um, you know, we've done some things that I think have been really, really good for officials with the valuations and our regional advisories and our coordinators like Chuck Gritton and uh, Kathy Creighton in softball and Gertrude's in volleyball um, to, to let the officials know, uh, A, that we appreciate them, right, that what they're doing. But more than anything, that when they make the state tournament, I believe they've earned it. It isn't because you're best friends with Chuck that you get to come to the state tournament, you guys. And it isn't because um, you're from Winterset and I know you. Um, you actually mm -hmm. have earned your way through our evaluations, our recommendations. I mean, we watch a lot of officials work games. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I go out and watch and the officials are like, oh, what are you doing here? And I, I say, oh, well, Chuck Britton's paying me 25 bucks to evaluate you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he, a, he doesn't pay me, but, you know, he'll ask me what he's taught me a lot. I've learned a lot about it. But the important part is, is that you are a part of our game. And if we want our game to grow and get better, then, you know, we have to start treating officials like 
they're part of us and that means appreciating and helping them get better because officials want to get better i know they do absolutely yeah, yeah. Yes, I've always appreciated Gene. I've seen you out there before, and and uh, I'm gonna throw up, you know, pink shoes. <laughs> um, I, I think it, it feels good, you know, to to get the buy-in from the top too. You know, when we see you walk in, you know, you may not be the evaluator, but you care enough about us as well that that it, it means something to us when you walk in. So that's that's a good feeling, and and uh, so thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I watching. I like I really like, um, you know, the, the the subtleties that I didn't know about. I don't I don't you know, Chuck, he's a big mechanic guy. You know, he likes he's yeah. like, well, he's mechanics and everything. And I'm really into like, how do you talk to the coach? Uh, how do you manage the game? How, you know, uh, this all those little things that make the game flow. And, you know, the old saying that, you know, if if you aren't talking about the referees, they really did a great job. That's managing the game. Right. And mm -hmm. so I, I fascinated. Um, it took me a long time to turn rotate to learn rotations though. <laughs> and like, why don't get a call of foul? It's not and where your eyes are and all that stuff. That's, uh, that's all right. Sam's Sam's still learning too. So <laughs> I was just going to say that about you, Jim. <laughs> I beat you but, to it. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I'm still learning, but I do I do like to come and watch how the flow of the game and the management of the game uh, is done. It's it's just really fascinating to me. So that's kind of what I watch. In addition, I evaluate the popcorn too. Always I evaluate the popcorn. <laughs> okay, so so where's your top that you can think of? Where's your best popcorn? Uh, Waukee Northwest. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Nice. First of all, try so that. Big bag, really big bag. Well, it's probably yeah. also a brand new, the best popcorn maker that's <laughs> yeah. in the state with that facility they've got there. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But there's there's a lot of good popcorn um, in the state. Uh, you know, I used to like the. Uh, oh, I just was in Grundy Center for okay. Grundy Center AGWSR, and they have Spartan corn. Oh, and they named Spartan their popcorn. Yeah, it's got M and M's in it. Oh, and brilliant. last um, last night when I was there, they had pink M and M's because it was coaches versus cancer. Awesome. Nice, cool, nice. That's, That's awesome. Bonus. That's a bonus. Yes, a huge yes. Bonus. Yeah. Sam, what were what were you talking about? That was the marketing deal for popcorn last night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So you get someone to sponsor the bag right? Put their logo on it. And then what do you always need when you eat popcorn? You need a toothpick or something. Yeah. So then have a, have a dental office, slap one of those uh, dental floss pickers on the side of it with their name on it. Awesome. And you're marketing for two businesses on the same yeah. bag. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's gross, but it's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because somebody's gonna have to pick those up off the bleachers. <laughs> well, if you had any integrity at all, Jim, you'd throw it away in a waste paper. Bag. You've seen some of the fans around. You know that there's going to be some all over the bleachers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, oh, okay. That was exciting. Hey, 
Here's another one that I think, um, you know, we're unique in Iowa that we have a girls um, a union and a boys association. Why do you think it's important that we do have two different associations for our girls and boys? Well, you know, Jim, I, I have my, I have my speech about that, of course, but I'm, I always answer it this way. Why isn't everybody doing it the way Iowa does it? Um, so I will I'll give this example in basketball. So Indiana like invented basketball, right? The state of Indiana thinks basketball belongs to them and they are, they do it better than anyone else. So their girls tournament, they have five classes and they bring 10 teams to an arena in Indianapolis and play their state championship. Anything before that is out of high school. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And all, all, Boys teams in five classes get to come to an arena. So um, I think the simplest answer is it allows us to focus on girls. All I do is think about girls. Yeah. And I, I thought about this today when I was, you know, when you, when you officiate a girls game, it's different than officiating a boys game. It has nothing to do with the rules. The rules are the same, but there's, there's a lot of differences in how you officiate that game. There's a lot of similarities, but we're different. Girls are in sport for different reasons than boys. Uh, and coaching girls is different than coaching boys. And so to have an organization that is, uh, devoted solely to focusing on girls and their participation. I mean, we have one that focuses on boys. We have one that focuses on speech. We have one that focuses on music. And I just don't think you can ever go wrong focusing on kids. Yeah. Agree. Well said. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Gene, what's, what's one or several of your favorite memories from the girls state basketball tournament or favorite traditions. Yeah. Well, now remember I played six on six, you know, where you dribbled twice and shoot that. <laughs> Jim and I remember that. I yeah. might, I might, I might have to pull up some videos, but I'm, I'm going to look into that. I, I mean, you have you guys ever officiated a six on six game? Jim asked. Yeah. I mean, two people. You had to catch the ball when it went through. You had to throw it to half court to your partner who bounces it into the center circle. I mean, it wasn't for the faint of heart. I mean, you know, um, and a lot of scoring. So I played six on six, and the state basketball tournament was 16 teams. There was one class. And it, it was probably, I would guess, you know, between th 350 and 40 schools then, right? Wow. Um, yeah. 50 years ago, you know, so getting to the state tournament was, you know, was just amazing. I mean, Winterset had to beat Ankeny or Norwalk or, you know, the, the it didn't matter the size you, you had to get. And mostly Ankeny with Dick Rasmussen and the Ori, you know, uh, we had, we couldn't get past them. So getting to the tournament was, um, just a dream come true, but we would always go as a team. Um, and, you know, uh, 
you know, the Debbie Coates. Uh, I remember watching Debbie Coates. I remember when Adele was good with Larry Niemeyer and Joyce Elder and Julie Goodrich. Uh, I got to meet Julie Goodrich when she went into the Hall of Fame. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you, I loved you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think uh, for me, the memories of the state basketball tournament, for sure, the Parade of Champs. The Parade of Champions where all of the teams and everything came back. Um that's a memory. And now, you know, uh, on Saturday, we bring in the 50 year, the team that won the state championship five, 50 years ago. And to hear the stories of uh, they came to the tournament and stayed all week. They got the whole week. They were at the wow. state basketball. Wow. Yeah. So uh, my favorite, I think, is um, uh, the they were from um, Roland Story. And they came and they got to stay in a hotel and they were up high in a downtown hotel and they said to their coach, look out the window, look at all of those cars. Um, they're probably here to watch us play. And the coach said, that's a car dealer lot. <laughs> but, you know, coming to Des Moines then was a big, big deal. Yeah. Uh, staying all week. And I think it still is. I think girls from small town, you know, and are, that aren't in the Metro coming to Des Moines to, to, to be at the state tournament is still, still a big deal. It was a big deal. You know, um, I have great memories of some of the great players, um, that I loved growing up. I, you know, I've got, I've, I got to meet Denise Long in person. Uh, so many of our former great players, uh, and so that's probably just my best memories of the tournament is just the players that I saw play. Awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> um, I got to know, I got to know <laughs> what is your favorite thing about growing up in winter set? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, well, you know, don't, I have, don't be afraid to leave anything out that you may or may not have said to me earlier tonight. <laughs> 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 this is interesting. Um, you know, I had four brothers, right? You know that, Sam. I had four yes, brothers. Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and one of them still lives in Winterset. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I just remember, um, well, I mean, I got into a lot of trouble, you know? <laughs> you did? And I can't believe that. I mean, there was a time like climb the swimming pool fence and you know, at night and the cops came by and I had to hold my water under the deep end for a long time. That's the old <laughs> pool. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I remember the old pool. Yep. High dive. Um, uh, but I also remember I had, first of all, I had teachers and coaches in Winterset, long time coaches who knew what, what they were doing. It was awesome. That helped me a lot. Um, and, you know, it was, it was, a it, and I think it still is a community that supports its school, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and it supports its athletics and athletics, I think in Winterset is one of those, you know, front porch deals where um, it really, uh, athletics really showcases what the community or can showcase what the community is all about. And they'll, they'll get behind their teams and support them. And that was true uh, when I played too. Um, they started softball my freshman year. Oh, wow. uh, 
Yeah. And so we played on the baseball field for a long time until we got our own softball field. And and where the softball field is now, or Ben's daughters play, is was our was the first field that I played on. Um, uh-huh. We would uh, practice with Coach Kraus, and then at the end of practice, he would say, "Pick up a handful of rocks and come on in." Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so we actually cleared that infield. Rock by rock, the team. Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a major improvement, but, you know, we were really proud of our first field. And, that, you know, that was probably 75 or 76, 1975 or 76. So, oh. um, yeah, it, it, you know, it was. Uh, and, you know, of course, I just I just played all the sports against my brothers, football, everything, you know, uh, yeah. took my share of beatings yeah well i don't know if you know but bob lives about a block and a half away from me well i'm, I, I'm sorry I see, bob, I see bob a lot out in his driveway now that he's retired yeah well maybe you could get him to uh get clear your driveway sam you know you with know his what snow- he has plenty he had, of i drove by after that snowstorm he had the cleanest driveway in winter set no joke <laughs> Like there was no snow on it. Everybody else's has like a foot of snow. Bob's is clean. Now you you know my brother Bob yells at the officials. You know that, correct? What's what's funny though is Bob was a longtime basketball official too. No. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. But, and, and in COVID, this is true. In COVID, before we decided we were gonna play softball, he would say, You 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 gotta let the kids play. And Jennifer, my niece, who's the assistant softball coach at Winterset, and Michelle, my other niece, they were like, you got to let them play, Gene. Please, please. We'll do anything if you play this summer. And I say, you got to stop yelling at the refs. You got to stop it. Okay, I promise. I promise. I promise. (laughs) So now when I watch the softball stream, I can hear my brother on it. (laughs) That's true. You actually can. I and, think the microphone is close enough that he's right there. Um, for Christmas this year, I gave them all the NFHS basketball rules book. And <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. That's yeah. great. And and I love when Jim does his, um, you know, like over the back and, you know, what's <laughs> my, they will yell, call a foul. That's over the back. Call. You know, and I'm like, well, is that in the rule book? Have you read the rule book? Because that's not. (laughs) That's great. We, um, you know, we've, the girls union has a little thing where we're, we don't take much bad language. Um, We're, we're concentrating on the people who are yelling uh, inappropriate things and we kick them out. And we may or may not have a leaderboard. um, And I may or may not have a leaderboard. For kicking people out, <laughs> but at state softball, uh, my staff bet that my brother would be the first person I kicked out. <laughs> I, <laughs> he, he, I will tell you, he's better than he used to be. <laughs> so now, sometimes he will send me pictures of officials, and he'll say, "These guys did a pretty good job." <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> yeah. My other, my other favorite uh, Winterset story is about Ben. Uh oh. 
Yeah. Oh. Winterset was playing. It wasn't even Ben. Winterset was playing at Des Moines Christian. And people were yelling, Applegate, hey, Applegate, call something. And I was oh. like, I looked around and probably for the first half, I was like, you idiots. And finally, somebody yelled, Applegate, you don't even know what you're doing. And I turned around and I said, you do know that that's Ben Applegate and he could never work a winter set game. <laughs> Jason Alons. So now I call him ah. Ben Applegate too. <laughs> I heard that story. <laughs> So, shout out to yeah shout out to jason alons i've even had evaluators i think bob neswold in her, uh confused us one night he's like weren't you just a dowling i'm like no bob that was that was jason alons so yeah we have similar thinning hair i guess and uh anyway yeah. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, I have friends and coaches and different people that call me that. So, yeah, it's it's a running joke. I don't know if Jason knows that, but yeah. Kirk, uh, your Kirk usually texts me and he's like, "Hey, we have good Ben tonight." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, we'll just kind of touch on one other thing here because you are at the girls wrestling tournament. Yeah. Um. That's a newly sanctioned sport for you guys. How does that process work? Are there other sports that you guys are considering? Are we pretty well, this is it? I mean, that, that had to have been a little bit of a long process, I assume. Yeah, it, it, it was. And I don't think it, for the wrestling people, I don't think it was nearly quick enough. They thought, you know. But when we first started looking at it, we, had, we probably had about 40 girls wrestling, and they were wrestling on the boys' teams. And then it grew to a couple hundred. Um, and so last year, in the first year of sanctioning, we had two hundred. We had twenty three hundred girls wrestle. Wow. Um, this year, we have eight hundred more. Oh so wow! Wow. That's at that's at levels nine through twelve, and I think probably um, you know that that's tremendous growth. Um, I think it really is telling when we went to do our brackets uh, for the qualifying, you know, um, how many entries we had. So we have one class, uh, 14 weight classes. Uh, last year, we had a lot of brackets with only 10 entries. So a girl would wrestle through that, and if she wanted, she'd qualify for state. This year, we only had one bracket with 10. Wow. wow. So. It, it, what it tells me is that a school who maybe had two wrestlers now has six. Um, you know, Winterset added it, and, and they have two qualifiers in their very first year, which was good to see. So it's growing, and I think it's growing in a way uh, that will allow us, um, you know, in a very, uh, in a manageable way to manage the growth. Um, you know, it won't be long probably before we'll be in a dual tournament where schools will have enough in each weight class where we can have a dual tournament. Um, and so, um, you know, and, and right now, uh, they don't last very long. Uh, man, those wrestling officials are calling the pin pretty fast. Uh, sometimes <laughs> it's, uh, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a three period girls wrestling match, you know, it really? might go pretty quick. Yeah. Um, we're above two minutes uh, as an average, but it, it, it's quick. But they're learning and growing, and um, I love I love the coaching they're getting. The coaches are really working hard, so it, it's been going good. But it took us probably three years. Mm -hmm. um, Fifty schools 
which is 15% of our membership. Once 50 schools say they're going to add the sport, uh, we can sanction it. Uh, but we are talking about an emerging sport process. Uh, so if there is a, you know, let's take lacrosse, you know, sure. it, it's probably not going to catch on in every school district. I mean, I don't think Jim's going to add lacrosse at Melcher Dallas, right? Right. Just doesn't have the kids. But, you know, um, Cedar Rapids, Des Moines, West Des Moines, uh, Council Bluffs, Sioux City. So if we were to look at lacrosse as an emerging sport, um, and, you know, they could, because, you know, they're 30 to a team, if they could offer um, opportunities for girls, you know, we have, we have roughly 1,500 swimmers. If we could get 1,500 in another sport, it wouldn't have to be at 50 schools, but we're mm -hmm. still offering additional opportunities. Um, but the one, this is the big secret, the one I am most excited about that I really, we're really working on is flag football. Really? Yes. So That's the awesome. NFL, Neat. Yes, the NFL is, that is cool. sponsoring grants to states to offer flag football for girls. And the Minnesota Vikings have reached out to us. So right now we are looking, trying to figure mm -hmm. out where it would be, how we would offer it. Um, you know, we have the field we have for the most part. Um, it's, it's, <coughs> it's person football, right? What the boys yeah. play. So yeah. we have officials who know the rules. We have coaches who know we have our facilities. So um, yeah, Taylor Anderson in our office is heading that up. So, um, you know, we're, we're pretty excited that it would be another opportunity for girls uh, in flag football. Neat. Wow. Cool. Yeah. I feel like we're breaking news there. That would be, that would be so <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. <clears throat> I might have to come out of retirement and coach football again. You coach. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Jim, she said that there were coaches who knew what they were talking about. So I, you wouldn't fall into that category. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll tell you. Oh. Oh. Well, Gene, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're in Coralville at the at the state tournament, probably, <laughs> and getting ready for tomorrow. So, um, you know, thank you for your support and advocacy advocacy for officials and everything you guys do for us there at the at the girls' union. So, well, we yes. we do appreciate you, and you know. Uh, we hope we hope you realize that we are working uh, to help official to help recruit, retain, uh, and and make sure you know that we do value you as part of our game. Awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know if we have time, but I'd really like a quick story here. I didn't put this on our agenda, but yeah, um, go. I just think this is one of the neat things about Gene. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's about four years ago, I believe. We're, uh, I'm taking the junior high cross country team to watch the varsity runners. Coach wanted them to come to get the experience, but she didn't want them to have to leave school as early as the varsity kids did to go, you know, they go walk the course beforehand and all that. And so I said, sure, I'll take them up because I want to watch the varsity kids run anyway. And so we go watch it and we're riding home and I have this seventh grader sitting beside me in the, in the, uh, suburban, uh, sitting in the passenger seat and, She's, we're talking, she loves basketball, absolutely loves it. She could tell you all the best basketball players from the past 20 years, probably. But anyway, she, uh, 
she just all of a sudden she goes, you know, I'd really like to meet Gene Berger. And I whipped my head around and I said, how do you even know who Gene Berger is? And she, you know, she says, well, because of state basketball and I watched this and watched that. And I honest to God, I went back to school and I'm talking about this in the teacher's lounge. And we had a, at least one girl's coach that was in the teacher's lounge as I'm talking about this and said, I don't even know who Gene Berger is. And I said, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. He's, she's the executive director of our union. Yeah. So anyway, try to make this as short as I can because I know we're, we're over time here. But uh, I emailed Gene after that. And I didn't really know Gene except for I knew who she was. But I emailed her and said, hey, this, I told her a little bit of the story. And it's just amazing. And, well, first I asked, why do you want to meet Gene? She goes, I want to do her job someday. I'm like, wow, a seventh grader thinking about stuff like that. So um, so I emailed Jean, and all of a sudden um, her mom, little girl's mom, calls me and says, hey, I got a package that came from Jean Berger from the girls' union. Can we come to your room and have her open up in front of you since you kind of got this going? I said, absolutely. She opens up the box. It's got Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union uh, apparel and all kinds of stuff and tickets for the week of the state tournament basketball. And this girl was wow. just ecstatic. It was the neatest thing ever, coolest thing that I, you know, one of the coolest memories that I'll have in athletics. And uh, this girl now is, she's a junior on our basketball team. She is the leader of the team, you know, that just won the conference tournament. And it's uh, Addison Wadley. And uh, just a great kid. And, and so, you know, making connections like that when you are the person, you know, doing the position, Gene, that you do, I think that's just very cool that, you know, you reach out and touch kids like that. And, you know, I know you guys have a, a little bond, a little relationship there with her and her family. And, and, and it's neat. And it's neat. She comes up to state basketball tournament every year and, and you know, skips school a few days and and that, but uh, she's a great student, so she doesn't, you know, that doesn't uh, bother her at all or bother the teacher. So I just think that's a great story, and I think that really explains how much you think of the Iowa girl. She's, yeah. I, I, I went to watch her play, I watch her play every year, Jim. I saw them beat, they were at Ankeny Christian, and they beat Orient Maxburg. Uh, and that, that was before the championship of the tournament. And and Addie and her mom and dad and her grandparents are all coming to the state basketball tournament again. And every year, Addie and I fill out our brackets of who's going to win it. And she smokes me every year. She <laughs> knows basketball. But, um, you know, um, she is the prime example of a young girl who develops and grows and gains confidence uh, by her, her participation in sport. And uh, I'm really proud of her. Uh, and I, I will always stay in touch with Addie. And so I thank you for making that connection because for me, because, um, and she's a great kid, Jim. Great yeah. kid. Uh, I just, it, it's, a, it's, to me, it's such a great story, a neat thing. And um, like I say, it'll be one of the things I talk about. I, I tell, told these guys the story. I tell people all around about this story because I just, I just think it is it is one of the coolest things that's happened since I've been coaching, being the athletic director, refereeing, you know, so um, kudos to you to reach out. Because I know there are many girls across the state that you that you uh, have done things like this for. So it's just it's very cool. And and I appreciate what you do. 
Thank you. Very Thank you. cool story. Awesome. I have one, one last very quick question, Gene. Okay. <laughs> if there were three guys that did a podcast about officiating, would they be allowed to potentially do a live podcast at the girls' state basketball tournament? Center court. Yes. <laughs> Wait, were you talking about us? or do you want to do it in the players lounge with the pink chair oh we'll talk yeah yeah we'll talk about that yes maybe maybe we have a couple yeah yeah talking to players coaches officials we can do a lot of things that week yes yes um you know uh Absolutely, you could do the podcast. You know, we do something every tournament. We do something new. We do something old, something new, and something pink, to borrow a nice. phrase. So there is something new and big at Girls State Basketball this year, and I will. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but when you come, you'll know. If you're fortunate enough to come to the state tournament, right, right, <laughs> yes, I'm, uh. Seen anything from Chuck? So, <laughs> <laughs> dang it. Well, I guess I'll just have to buy a ticket. Yep. Yeah. But whether we're officiating or not, absolutely, yeah. you can do a podcast live from the girls' state basketball tournament. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> well, to all our listeners, you've you've heard it here first. We're we're going to be down there, so we're excited about that. So yes. Well, Gene, thanks thank again, you so Gene. Much. Thanks, Gene. We, we appreciate you. Very much. Thanks Thank for you, you do for officials and also for the Iowa girl. So thank you very Thank you. Much. Take care. Yep. What a great person. That was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Jim, I don't Jim. know. I've you might have told me that story before, but I don't know. But that is an awesome story. Oh, it it is it is neat. I mean, I, I just you know. I couldn't, first of all, I just couldn't believe that seventh grade girls want to know about Gene Berger, you know? Um, right. And, and, what and, and not says, only that, just to know, and to know who she is. I mean, you know, yes. I, you know, that's the other thing, you know, cause it's not like, uh, you know, I don't think there's a ton of people who absolutely know who's leading our girls athletic union besides officials, maybe and coaches. And, you know, obviously at the time, some coaches didn't know that, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she is, uh, she's, she's a special kid. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just kind of neat to, to see what the bond that they've got. Yeah. I can't remember. I, I feel like we maybe worked that state tournament together, Jim, because I remember that story, you know, kind of from inception a little bit. So yes. um, always cool. And, and especially now I think that she's grown up, if you will, and, and playing ball and, and, really doing well for that team and, and helping their championship aspirations. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So great. So where are we at coming up? <clears throat> All right. So tomorrow, Sam, you and I are traveling to Coon Rapids Baird. I haven't been there for a while. And have you ever? Never. Nope. Awesome. That kind of is a run for you. You hadn't been to Earlham. You hadn't been yeah, to I Carroll live- other than as a player. Yeah, I live 15 minutes away from Earlham, and I've officiated for 10 years. That's the first time I'd ever been there. <laughs> and I live uh, uh, an hour and five minutes, and I've been there three, four times at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, Coon has uh, ACGC, um, the school, not the rock band. 
And uh, I think that'll be pretty competitive games. So uh, we'll be with Pelzer again. Jim, you have home game maybe? I have a home game. We have senior night uh, tomorrow night at um, uh, Southeast Horn, our Melcher Dallas West. Uh, so we'll go over there. We'll have our last home game, and we'll honor our seniors before the game. Yep. And then I think we kind of uh, pretty well wrap up the season, and we're together the next three games. Uh, Friday, Pella Christian versus Pella. That'll be a battle, and that'll be a full, full crowd. That'll be fun as heck. Yep. Next Tuesday, Central Decatur and Clark. Always love going down to Central Decatur to see Bonnie. Bonnie, yeah. Bonnie would be great. Um, and then that Friday, we're at Oskaloosa against Norwalk. And then we'll be back here that following Wednesday. And, and I'm sure we'll probably have potentially some playoff games coming up. Um, yep. For sure, probably on the girls' side. Um you know, probably on the boys' side, kind of depends on the timing of everything. But um, I think that's probably what we'll talk some about next week or next podcast is how that selection stuff works. And, and uh, you know, we've, we've touched on it a little bit. And what kind of games we get and are we together? Are we not? There's a lot that goes into all that. So we'll try to touch base on that a little bit. So, yep. Anyway. That's all I got. Yep, me too. All right, we'll Jim, wrap it up. He's on is mute. Jim talking. Uh, what? What, Jim? Can't hear you. <laughs> He's on mute. It's not me. <laughs> what do you do? I don't know. I think he took his headphones out and then. I did. Oh, How much, how's oh. it now? <laughs> Can you hear me now? We couldn't hear you for the last five minutes. It was glorious. Can you hear me now? <laughs> Jim, do you have anything else to say before we wrap up? I do not. I'm ready for, you know, we like this stretch run. Um, what we honestly, what we really like when we get into tournament time is uh, one game. And it's not because we're old and we can't do it, but it's, it, it is mentally and physically much better on everybody. I mean, you know, you've got that one yeah. game. I always, I always, I didn't like when you, so, you know, did two games in the tournament series, especially later on sometimes uh, in a boys and you would have a, maybe even an overtime in that first game. And it was just a, a you know, a really tough game, not just physically, but you know, mentally. And then you had to go do another game. And I, I, I think I like this part that, you know, you're going in there, you're fresh and you, you, you know, doing one game. So Whoops. <laughs> what happened? Do you hit a button? I think this helps to wrap it up. I think somebody's out there saying, let's go. <laughs> well, hey, with that, if you guys, if, if you guys don't have anything else, uh, <laughs> thank you, Gravitate, Gravitate Coworking Studio, Revelton Distillery, our sponsor, and Three Beards Media, our producer. Uh, with that, we will say... See you next time. Thank you, everybody.